0: Good evening and welcome to Matters of Life. I'm your host John Lucier and I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us here on this show and on this episode and for standing for righteousness and justice. You know, I've had a lot of interesting conversations here the past few weeks over some of the episodes that we've discussed concerning hearing from the Lord, hearing his voice. And it's really cause for a lot of examination. And it's something the Lord was also speaking to me about, and this is examining ourselves and where we're at, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, well, this nation, but also throughout the whole earth. There are many who are, are convinced we are in the end times, and no doubt, there is so much that's happening. But again, what is the Lord saying to you about it? And I bring this up because in these conversations that I've had, there is still a lot of, and this is both with Christians or believers and not yet believers. There's a lot of looking at the signs and even acknowledging, hey, we are, or it appears that we are in the end times. And it's almost like running through a, a Rolodex of they know certain things are are documented and prophesied that they will happen. But then also, what is, again, what is the Lord saying about it? You know, the Lord first brought me to Jeremiah. And again, it's about examining ourselves in this, in everything that's happening. Let's not focus on what our eyes see and what our ears hear in the natural, but what the Lord is saying to us. So Jeremiah 11, the first 12 verses says this, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Hear the words of this covenant, and speak to the men of Judah and the, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and say to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, curses is the man who does not heed the words of this covenant, which I commanded your forefathers in the day, I brought them out of the land of Egypt, from the iron furnace, saying, Listen to my voice, and do according to all which I command you, so that you shall be my people, and I will be your God, in order to confirm the oath which I swore to your forefathers, to give them a land flowing with milk and honey as it is this day. Then I said, Amen, O Lord. And then the Lord said to me, Proclaim all these words in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, saying, Hear the words of this covenant and do them. For I solemnly warned your fathers in the day that I brought them up out of the land of Egypt, even to this day, warning, persistently, saying, Listen to my voice. Yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but walked, each one, in the stubbornness of his own evil heart. Therefore I brought on them all the words of this covenant, which I commanded them to do, but they did not. Then the Lord said to me, A conspiracy has been found among the men of Judah and among the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They have turned back to the iniquities of their ancestors who refused to hear my words, and they have gone after other gods to serve them. The house of Israel and the house of Judah have broken my covenant, which I made with their fathers. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I am bringing disaster on them, which they will not be able to escape. Though they will cry to me, yet I will not listen to them. Then the cities of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem will go and cry to the gods whom they burn incense, or to whom they burn incense, excuse me, but they surely will not save them in the time of their disaster. And Jeremiah continues, but there's so much contained within that one section. Again, the Lord is still saying, listen to my voice, not what our natural eyes see, and not what our ears hear, but to his voice. Because he covenanted with us that he be our God and we would be his people. And in the structure that he gave, he's our father and we're his children. But again, let's examine where we are in that. Do we treat him and revere him as a father should be revered and treated? Or have we been stubborn and obstinate? Have we gone after other gods? Have we broken that covenant? And in this, the covenant that he's referring to, you will find in multiple places, but specifically in Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28, there is there are blessings and benefits to being in alignment and obedient, remaining in the covenant that the Lord has given and made with each one who will come into alignment with him who will acknowledge him as their God and they as his people, his servant, his child. And then for those that are stubborn and obstinate, there comes a time when sin brings forth what it brings forth. And there are countless, well, there are a multitude of verses that in both both Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28 which outline all the different ways that sin impacts a person, a nation, a family, because it extends. And that it, and it wasn't the right order. The person, their family, their community, their state their or province, their nation, and ultimately the world, the whole earth, becomes impacted. So, but there's also this aspect of the Lord. He always gives time to repent, to turn to him, to come into alignment, to humble ourselves and repent, to turn from our wicked ways and just acknowledge him and then to listen to him and be obedient to what he's telling us to do and to say, I'll bring this up for a couple of reasons. In these conversations, many are, have, and unfortunately still are looking for the signs. For the signs of the times. But what did Jesus say? Two things. In Luke 17, verses 20 and 21, says this. Now, having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God is coming or was coming, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed. Nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. So here's one of the things that Jesus said. The other is this: a wicked generation looks for a sign. A wicked generation. But why do we look for the signs? If we're truly honest with ourselves, there's less than a handful of reasons. One is is to assess where we're at in the timeline. As I was saying at the beginning of this episode, many are looking, both believers and not yet believers, and they're they're trying to assess where they're at. And you could say on the service, "Well, there's there's nothing wrong with that." Well, true. But again, if we're truly examining ourselves, we have to look at the why. And that falls into one of two reasons. One is either out of fear. And fear comes from the devil, the, the adversary, Satan. Because the Lord is the one that brings peace. But if there's any anxiousness or anxiety as to what is happening or what will happen, where we're at in the season and what the Lord What we assess the Lord is or isn't doing That brings about fear And that did not come from the Lord And a second reason On why we would examine Or need to examine Why looking for signs Has been a route that many take As opposed to listening to the Lord It's simply this there is a lack of desire to fully commit. Does everyone understand that? They're literally looking at signs to say, there's still time before I have to fully commit to the Lord. Isn't that exactly what Jeremiah was talking about? Or what the Lord was talking to Jeremiah about? Hey, there are all these things. They're they're happening. I've waited. I've been insistent. Told them, hey, obey my voice. Incline your ear. But each one was walking in their own stubbornness. They refused to hear his words. But instead they went after them. Went after other gods and served them. So then it got to a point where the Lord, and you see this throughout scripture, there always comes a time where the Lord says, okay, when he, you could say, either starts to move or he allows those that are in opposition to be turned over to their own lusts, their own desires, and receive the full weight of the consequences that they have an- asked him for. He says, I don't know. I won't hear you. Let your own God save you. You see this throughout Scripture. Primarily in the Old Testament, yes. But it's still there, time and time again. Where it says, tells those that have been in opposition to let their gods, the ones that they served, save them from the disaster. And it's not that the Lord is bringing disaster on, on people and things. He turns them over, just like you said with Job. You tell me how, oh, you can look at the whole story of Job. Even the enemy who asked for Job specifically was given boundaries where he could go up to and things he was allowed to do, but he could go no further. Not unlike what the Lord instructed Job concerning the waters and the sea. When he asked Job and said, you tell me how I made the boundaries of the water that allows it to go up to a certain point and no further. Let's hold our, our Lord in a right perspective. It's the enemy that is looking to steal, kill, and destroy. Not our Lord, not our Heavenly Father. But our Lord and our Heavenly Father do tell us, through Holy Spirit, to be ready, to be prepared. Multiple times in Scripture, again, going back to to Revelation, in the midst of all this great activity, he says in Revelation 16:15, "Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes so that he will not walk about naked, and men will not see his shame." He tells them how he's coming. But many, even the ones that are listening, are we listening for the right thing? Again, this is all about examining ourselves. Are we listening for the voice of the Lord To hear what he's saying And to do it Or are we listening to Like in other places in scripture It says and a trumpet will sound Let's think about that for a moment What thief Before they enter a house Blows a trumpet Or sounds an alarm to let you know that they're coming. No, they. in fact, they're already there before the alarm is tripped. They're already there on the scene. Why would our Lord and Savior do that in reverse? Even coming down on the mountains, whether it's in Exodus 19 or They heard those flashing and peals of thunder and the sound of trumpets, but he had already arrived. Do we have things in a right perspective? And I bring this up again so we can all examine ourselves, where we are at with the Lord. What are we not even looking for? But are are our ears attentive to him? Throughout the entirety of scripture, he is telling us to listen to him. Even as we just read in Luke, he instructed them and said, it's not coming with signs to be observed. So why would we look for the signs? And then he continues in verse 21 and says, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is. But he tells them, Behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. And yes, there is a double reference there. He's speaking of Jesus. He's speaking of himself being there in their midst. But it's also a warning to us. The Lord is in our midst. We are his temple. The fullness of the Godhead, that is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, live and dwells inside of us. We are his church, his body, and his bride. It's not about all the activity that seems to be happening around us. Because we can get so caught up on the activity that we miss the very thing that's happening. Or it's not recognized until it's too late. So we have to make that choice, that for the Lord, I will live, that I seek to hear his voice above everything else. Tell us in scripture plain, there are many voices in the world, but my sheep know my voice, he says, and in others, they will not follow. So it's not just about inclining our ears or listening but it's inclining our ears to His voice. Not another individual. But only what the Lord is saying. So this is a short episode, but this is an important, important topic. Because the enemy is going to do what the enemy is going to do. But we, those that are the Lord's, Those that have chosen to stand up for righteousness and for justice must, if you will, hearken unto the voice of the Lord. That he must be our focus. He's the one that is the commander in building up an army. And yes, you can say, oh, the angels are his army. But here's the thing about an army they do and carry out the orders of those in authority over them which ultimately comes from a well in this nation is commander-in-chief for the heavenly armies it's the lord and his voice and there's a lot that goes into that but like i said The enemy does what the enemy does. We need to focus on what the Lord is doing and what he is saying and carrying out his orders. I say that also because it it is currently the month of June. And in looking at so many signs and everything that's happening, again, let's examine ourselves. Many's focus has shifted onto all the different ways the enemy is moving or attempting to move, attempting to, to establish ground or take ground. But what does the Lord say? The Lord says he inhabits the praises of his people. So I want to encourage each of you to celebrate the Lord, to celebrate your Christian Heritage for the month of June. The entire month is something the Lord had put in our heart and in this ministry to share with each of you. And you can find more info about it at a day of And in the the titles, you can look at Christian Heritage Month. And it's something that we need to celebrate. How many times do we see in the scripture? Where the Lord is constantly telling them, put the praisers and worshipers out in front. And you could say, oh, well, that's, well, that's the Lord saying that. But he's saying that to us now. Yes, in the natural, it makes no sense. Nobody goes to war in combat and says, I'm going to put praisers and worshipers in the front. Why? Because naturally they would give away your position if you were trying to move or advance or sneak up on the enemy. It makes no natural logical sense. But it's what the Lord said to do. And they did it. And the Lord fought their battles. So, we, for this month, let's highlight it all year, but especially for this month, the month of June, that we celebrate the things that the Lord has done in this nation through the many people that are Christians, that were Christians, that did immense contributions that made an incredible impact to our lives, historically as well as currently. And those that have also contributed into our spiritual growth and development, the genealogies, if you will, those that have been used to sow in or pour in to our lives to bring us or help bring us to where we are currently with the Lord and to help us advance and grow in deeper, more personal, and more intimate relationship with him. Amen? Amen. I would love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.